your cake online. What's up, Cake Nation, and happy Hype Friday! A warm welcome back to the Chemistry Cake Online Podcast, where chatting about chemistry has never been sweeter. Chemistry Cake is online, and today airs the last episode of our Piece of Cake miniseries. To quickly recap, in our previous episodes, we chatted about caffeine, theobromine, sucrose, and lactose. All of these compounds are in the key ingredients to my favorite cake, tiramisu. And... While these ingredients are important, I'm somewhat impressed with myself that I have not yet even mentioned this final ingredient for so long. Uh, this is the piece of cake miniseries, and I haven't yet spoken about the main ingredient for this sweet treat, which is the literal cake itself. So, whether you are using sponge cake layers or ladyfinger biscuits, the star component in both of these ingredients is wheat. Now, I did want to mention very quickly that there are alternatives to these that do not have wheat, but in honor of this episode's title, it was important for me to eat this wheat. Moving on. So, what is the key compound in wheat? And why did I mention that there were alternatives? Here's a hint. Uh, refer back to episode 21 with Marissa Tessman as she briefly mentioned having a sensitivity to this compound. Any ideas? The compound of discussion for today is gluten. What the heck is gluten? Well, I can tell you that it isn't a stimulant like caffeine or theobromine, and it's also not a sugar like sucrose or lactose. Gluten is actually a large protein comprised of two smaller proteins called gliadin and glutenin, and is responsible for the fluffiness of cakes and bread. When bread dough is kneaded or folded, the gluten in the wheat flour becomes more elastic, which facilitates the rising and setting of the bread. A similar thing occurs with cake when you mix the batter. That's why it's very important not to over-knead bread dough or over-mix cake batter uh, because after a while the texture becomes very gummy. Um, so what is happening on the molecular level when you fold bread dough or mix cake batter? Well, it's important to have an idea of what the protein structure is before we dive into that. Gliadin usually folds into a more compact spherical shape, whereas glutenin is more elongated and thread-like. As it is, uh, gliadin is incorporated with glutenin. So you have compact spherical components of a protein intermingled with long thread-like components. So when the dough is folded or when the batter is mixed, the thread-like glutenin is stretched out and the glutenin proteins begin to align with each other. In turn, the spherical gliadin that was incorporated in that protein network now forms new and different bonds with the outstretched glutenin, which allows the structure of the bread or cake to rise. Okay, so I had mentioned alternatives. What about gluten sensitivities? or more formally, um, celiac disease. 
Not unlike lactose intolerance, gluten sensitivities involve a certain compound not being properly digested or broken down in the body. However, this is, and this is the important part, in individuals with celiac disease, it's not that bacteria is fermenting the compound and producing gas as a byproduct. In fact, gluten is not being fermented in this case at all. As it turns out, uh, gluten is not completely broken down in the body in individuals with gluten sensitivities. Generally, when proteins are metabolized in the body, they are broken down into single building block amino acids, or at least very short chains of them comprised of only three or four units. As a brief aside, um, there are these really cool cells in our immune systems called lymphocytes that essentially, quote, seek and destroy portions of proteins that are not supposed to be in the body. These portions are typically longer chains of amino acids, and for folks with celiac disease, the gliadin component is not completely broken down, which means that the resulting chains are long enough for the lymphocytes to target, and what results is an immune response called inflammation. Now, inflammation is not inherently a bad thing. In fact, uh, inflammation is crucial because it increases blood flow, which facilitates destroying bacteria in the body that aren't supposed to be there. However, um, inflammation does not stop if someone with gluten sensitivities constantly eats cake or bread every day without wheat substitutes. Um, this could be potentially very damaging to the digestive tract so folks with celiac disease are advised to avoid gluten completely, um, which made me a little sad uh, because while I do not have a gluten sensitivity, I do know the struggle of having to avoid certain foods due to allergies. And knowing that there's a group of folks who um, can't have cake makes me a little sad. But uh, my friend who does have a gluten sensitivity told me that there are cakes that have wheat substitutes. So that makes me feel... A little bit better um, yeah because cake wants all folks to have cake uh, anyway all right okay all right um, thus concludes our piece of cake miniseries I certainly hope that if it was not informative these episodes were at least sweet um, I would also like to announce that the podcast will be taking a two-week break as we gear up for our next season and miniseries so try not to miss us too much. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much for joining me today, folks. It is always certainly a pleasure to have you and to serve as your designated hype person. This is your gentle reminder to stay hydrated, to keep the hype alive, and to edify your village. Keep choosing kindness, folks, and thanks for tuning in. This is Chemistry Cake, signing off. Mm.